Guys, it's a privilege to be here with Jamil, What's my up? close friend. Hey, how you doing? Awesome, man. We're in Jamil's house right now. I'm in Phoenix for a minute and we are doing some videos. So pretty excited about this. And you know, I wanted to sit down with Jamil and ask him what his biggest opportunities that he sees in 2023. It's the beginning of the year as of this recording. And I don't know about you, Jamil, but like I'm looking at this whole year and I get a lot of questions. Maybe you're getting this too, like, oh, should I sit the sidelines? 2023 market corrections happening. And I actually feel completely the opposite. I am so, so excited for 2023. It's a mindset shift. And I think even, I mean, you participated in the last. I was active run up in, 20, in 2008. In 2008, yeah. you were active in 2009, 10, 11, mm -hmm. 12, all of it. So you, like we were alike in that way. Yeah. So I suffered in the recession. And, you know, what made me suffer in the recession, of course, was leverage. It's, you know, again, um, what makes Pace and I so dramatically polarizing is that we're very different. Pace yeah. collects leverage. Meanwhile, yeah. I'm allergic to it because yeah. it tanked me, right? Um, but looking at this and then seeing how he's navigating the waters of a market shift, having all the leverage that he mm -hmm. has, looking at what me as a wholesaler and all of the thousands of people that I teach wholesale to mm -hmm. have as opportunities moving into 2023. And then as a, just a private investor, you know, where did I take licks currently? Yeah. You know, and I'm going to be as transparent as I possibly can be because I think what's important about what we do here is that we share it all. We share the good, the bad, the ugly. I love that about and, you. And so yeah. this, is, this is the facts, right? This is where I got hurt in 2022. I got hurt in fix and flip. Mm. I got hurt in multifamily, big time, right? Where didn't I not get hurt? I did not get hurt in wholesale. Because you're not holding the asset, you're just moving That's it. just it. Yeah. And, I, you know, this is the thing is I've always, every time I've gotten hurt, it's doing something that is outside of how Jamil was engineered. Your wheelhouse. And, and I'm telling you, when, when God was making me, he was like, he just put a wholesaler's brain in me. <laughs> and then he said, he's going to grow with all of the different people that he's, I'm going to put around him like, Pace and Jerry and, 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 you know, the fix and flippers. And then he's going to learn. He's going to see, look, I can't fix and flip the way you do. I'm yeah. not as good as you, right? Mm. I don't fix and flip in the same types of properties as you. Mm. I know that in super luxury, I at least feel in super luxury, there's a level of insulation there because mm -hmm. that buyer is not, they don't care about interest rates because they're not they're driven by the buyers. economy. They're yeah. not driven by the economy. They make the economy. Yeah. And because we know that, when you play in that space and you have the money to play in that space, it's great. Yeah. For me, I fix and flip. I do it on a television show on mm -hmm. A&E and it's a great show, but it actually, it, there's a lot going on behind the scenes that, that we don't necessarily get to talk about because you guys see 10 houses that we did, we did good on, but there were houses that we actually got completely kicked in the kneecaps on, mm. right? And those were happening while filming was going on. The market shifted so fast. So fast. Like yeah. it was the, you know, the interest rates turned, I believe it was June and the Fed raised the rate. Lenders just started jacking up their mm. rates immediately. Screeching halt market. Screeching halt. Yeah. And, and this is what I'm seeing go down. Inventory. So if you're wondering, is there a crash coming? Inventory in 2008 was in Phoenix, Arizona. We're going to use Phoenix as our little sample. Inventory was at 60,000 to 70,000 houses on the market in 2008. Right now, in, it went up to about 19,000 mm. at when the market was super slow mm -hmm. and it's starting to catch up again now. And we're at like 17 right now. 
Still way under. <clears throat> so under. Yeah. So we don't have inventory. Mm. And yeah. we were already in an inventory shortage, right? And so I believe that we're this pent-up demand that's happening right now mm-hmm. is we're just pulling this rubber band tight, 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 tight. Because these people, they want to buy still, but they're, they're, the retail buyer is worried to purchase right now. And sellers don't want to sell out of their <coughs> low interest rates. They don't. So that's why we have this inventory issue, yes, even though the market's slowed. They're going to hold those houses, yeah. Jerry. If well, you're sitting on a 2.5% rate, are you going to walk out of that house? You're not going to trade for a 7% rate. Not unless you win the lottery <laughs> or you have a dramatic lifestyle change yeah. that, that really adjusts the way that you're living. It's an odd thing. It's going to be, re- yeah, you'd yeah. rather renovate the house that you're currently in than ever get out of that 30-year mortgage. So you feel this, this market correction that's happening is a temporary thing 100 it's engineered yeah. yeah this isn't this is not a supply and demand market condition where we're naturally seeing a market cycle transpire yeah. it's not happening it's it's purely driven by interest rate it is say. and this is what you call an engineered stall and an engineered stall is happening because they're trying to curb inflation. They're trying to curb the economy. Mm-hmm. Housing was one of the key driving forces in inflation. If you guys look at what the CPI is, that's a consumer price index, and that's where they measure inflation. And it's basically a basket of goods, right? They like they take a can of Coke, they take maybe some hardwood, they take a you know duct tape, they take um, a f- cell phone, they take a bottle of water, they take uh, glasses, they take a ring, they take a coffee cup, and they say, okay. How much did this cost a year ago and how much does it cost today? And that's essentially how they determine how, what inflation is. is. If prices are going up, then that's how they determine it. And when housing is one of the things that's driving inflation, they knew that the housing market is what they needed to really cripple mm-hmm. in order to curb inflation. So mm-hmm. that's what's happening right now. Yeah. And it's not a secret, but it, it provides a tremendous opportunity for mm-hmm. us. Because if you look at supply and demand economics, demand hasn't disappeared. Uh-uh. Demand is, is waiting. Even gone up in some ways because yes. millennials are buying. They're in the market now and they're the biggest buyer in the market. And yes. Yeah. And supply hasn't increased. That's supply right. They're not is, building new no, homes. They're not because builders have stopped yep. because the rates are so high. Mm-hmm. And the people that have those two and a half, three percent mortgages that'll never come back again. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> never, ever come no, back. We'll not, never see those rates again. No. They'll never sell those homes. Yeah. They'll give them to their kids before they sell that house. So, again, that inventory is not coming back. The builders are not going to. Mm-hmm. They've, they've stalled and they've stopped building. So when the rates go back to five and a half, which they will. Mm-hmm. What happens to the housing market? What happens? It's going to go It's going to rebound. It's going to go bananas. It's going to rebound right it, back. Yeah. Just like Brent Daniels say, it's bananas. That's, <laughs> the housing market is going to yeah. be Brent Daniels bananas, yeah. right? When, when we see interest rates at five and a half, because look, we're being retrained to think what a good rate is. Yeah. And what's interesting, Jamil, is if you think about the wholesaling strategy, all you're doing as a wholesaler is you're just mirroring the market, right? So like, Wholesaling is just what are your cash buyers doing and how do you how do you ride on their coattails? Right. So when they're changing their strategy, when they're buying deeper or they're overpaying or whatever they're doing as a wholesaler, your job is to understand what that buyer's doing and then bring them deals that match whatever they're doing in that moment. So yes, you sir. have to keep that flexibility. Yes. 2023 to me just feels like this super flexible thing where you have to be thinking, okay, what was working in 2020 and 2021 and part of 2022 
we're in a different situation as temporary as it might be. How do I navigate through these waters so that I can continue to be successful, right? Great question. And I love what you said about your brain. You know, God gave you a wholesaler's brain. I think a lot of people, when they get into real estate, you have to have this like coming to Jesus self-awareness about you, your personality, your style. I'm not a big asset guy. I don't really like assets. I feel like I need to learn how to hold some assets now and kind of manage those. I think we both get FOMO watching Pace collect. I don't, because here's the thing. (laughs) I I, I did a video about this, Jamil, and it's like a lot of people criticize me quite a bit because they're like, dude, you flip everything. You flip everything. Why don't you hold things? And the thing about holding is you still have to carve out a part of your bandwidth, your attention, your team, your resources to manage those assets effectively. And if you're not a good asset manager, you should not be owning those assets. Not that that's wrong, but it just means you have to be able to carve out a part of your attention to manage those assets. Whereas wholesaling, dude, it's just it's just in and out, in and out, in and out. So it, it feeds that that quick turn personality. Yeah, the dopamine monkey. Oh yeah. Right. Like and just it's, putting deals together and then getting out of the deals, it's like a drug. Hey, just a quick thanks to one of our sponsors, and we'll get right back to the video. This video is brought to you by Propwire. Now I get asked all the time how to find motivated seller leads, and Propwire is simply the best software for finding leads and downloading lists. And the best part is It's 100% free and there are no limit to how many leads you can download. PropWire has vacant houses, pre-foreclosures, absentee owners, REOs, auctions, high equity properties, probate, tired landlords, and more, plus custom filters and stack lists so that you can laser target the most motivated sellers in your area. Plus they have cash buyers and private lenders nationwide so you can quickly wholesale houses and fund your rehab projects. Oh, and one more thing. This is not some seven-day free trial that requires a credit card. Anyone can create a free account with just their email address and start building lists and downloading leads for free right away. Check it out at joinpropwire.com. The the beautiful thing about wholesaling is that I put together a deal, yeah. bro, I got 15, 20,000 bucks. Yeah. That to me, I, look, the hair on my body just still, I'm a millionaire. So but, the you, concept, you, but the idea of making 20 grand just gets me hot. Or a rental <laughs> that cash flows $300 a month. No, I could care less. You'd have to have that thing for five years to yeah, make the 20 grand that you make up. Yeah. It's like, that's like, it. Why, like why I think the difference for me, it's just, it's hands down wholesale cash buying. The, the challenge is, is um, most people, their entry into real estate, just investing in general is wholesaling. That's great because yeah. it's, the, it's the least barrier to entry to get into real estate. Right. But then what happens is, is people have to either decide, okay, was wholesaling just a springboard into rentals or other things, buy and hold and or fix and flip, whatever, or do I want to really build a business that just creates an engine that wholesales on a big level? And that's kind of what you've done. That's the Keegley franchise idea. It's how do we build a system and a business model that just continues to wholesale on a high level. Right. And it's and it's just massive cash infusion into a business right. that doesn't have to hold and manage assets. Exactly. Well, if you that's think appealing about, to some people, a big time appealing. Look, if you take the revenue, right? If you take the amount of money that we bring in and generate at Kigley, you know how many houses I'd have to own to get that? I'd be. I. I would not. I, Hundreds, maybe thousands. Thousands of houses yeah. to get the kind of revenue that we get at a wholesale business, right? Yeah. Bro, I started this in 2016. 
Think of that. Yeah. So I've built a company that generates millions of dollars in fees, over a million and a half Thousands dollars of transactions. a month. In, yes, yeah. in assignment fees, just in one store. Yeah. And then you think about that franchised over hundreds of markets, you know, collecting royalties in those markets. Yeah. It's, it's insane. So How do you even measure that? You, yeah. yeah, you can't. Owning houses versus having a wholesale business, to me, they, they just don't compare. Having a wholesale business will win day after day after day. So if you're looking to wholesale right now, where are the opportunities? It's not going direct to seller. I promise you that. You're going to start cold calling people and you're going to start talking to people and say, hey, I want to buy your house off market. You, uh, you're you know, calling an equity list or whatever. That person's concept of what their house is worth is out to lunch. Well, and think about it. So when a market shifts... The first people to adjust really quickly are investors because they're savvy. They're yes. thinking about, right? They're, they're anticipating things. So here we have the cash buyer market is buying deeper all of a sudden. Yeah. Like quickly. Big like, time. I did it. I'm like instant adjustment. How much did you adjust down? Big 10, time. 15%? Or more. Or more. Yeah. Right? So I'm seeing that happening right now people, across the people board. People are bringing me deals. I'm like, that's not a deal. I got to yep. get it deeper. So here you have cash buyers who have done this big adjustment. Well, sellers always lag. Yep. They're lagging. They'll come around at some point when they kind of like realize. When they're but, forced to realize. But they're not savvy like investors where they're instantly seeing this dip. They're, they're slow to adjust naturally because they're retail. They're sellers. Yep. So here we have cash buyers have dipped. And then you have direct to seller still up here kind of like. You're starting to see it loosen a little, but they're going to take a minute to kind of big time. get down to where they should be. But what are the costs to get those leads? The average cost per contract right now in Phoenix, Arizona on a direct-to-seller lead is over $10,000. $10,000. So explain what that means. If you're watching this and you're in Phoenix, you have to spend money on marketing to get direct-to-seller. Correct. So it's out of pay-per-click, cold call, direct, direct mail, mail, bandit signs, you name it. Anything that's going direct-to-homeowner, that's buying the strategy. Data. Buying data, aggregating data, artificial intelligence, whatever it is that you skip want to call tracing. it. Skip tracing. the whole thing. RVM, all of it. Yeah. yeah. It's expensive and it's not working right now. So when you say $10,000, that means if you do a wholesale deal, not even counting paying salespeople, acquisition, nothing. anything, just your marketing cost is on average $10,000. Correct. That means you need to be, you need to be wholesaling for 2025. But what's the average assignment fee right now across the United States? 15? 15,000 bucks still is. So you're making five gross, gross, gross operating. You still got to pay your, your act guy, your dispo guy, your overhead. That's tough to win. That's why wholesalers who are going direct to seller now are out of business. They're, they're dying on the vine. They're dying yeah. on the vine, yeah. right? So look, I, 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 know, I don't just say this to push my narrative, even though I've always had the same narrative. It's I didn't my narrative too. I didn't I... become the most successful wholesaler in the game on accident. I did it because <laughs> I didn't spend useless money, Yeah. right? Because like you, I had the approach of this is a relationship game, not mm-hmm. a one-off, not a onesie-twosie kind of thing, Yeah. right? I look at things in the smart way. How can, I, how can I spend money one time or how can I work one time and get 10 deals out of this situation then do all this work one time for it to be over. Right. Right. Because the agent's going to keep bringing you business. Why is, why is listed properties on market where there's a seller who hired a real estate agent to sell their property, how is that different than direct to seller in 2023? Because of the advocate. Because you have a real estate professional speaking sense into the situation. Mm. That's it. The yeah. facts are is that you need a translator. Mm. You know, it's like right now, Cash buyers are speak or the buying the buyers are speaking um, Japanese and the sellers are speaking Korean. Mm. That's it. Yeah, and they don't they're not understanding each other. 
but the real estate agent speaks Japanese and Korean. So they can go in between each person and say, okay, this is what's happening. This is the facts. They're not going to buy. You're not going to sell. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to come down. You're going to have to come up. We're gonna, they're, they're literally translating the market for both the cash buyer and the seller so that totally. a trade can actually happen. I'll give you a great example. So I got this lead right now. It's a student deal in Texas and uh, on market. So I'm talking to the agent and they're at like, they're at like 375. My number is like two. Yep. Okay. So I'm talking to this agent, direct to the agent. And the agent says to me, so I, so I made my offer. She calls me back and she says, listen, I've been, I've been talking to my seller for a couple weeks now. I've been explaining to the seller of where, of like reality. She says on Monday, give me your offer again. Look at it again. Give me your offer. Cause on Monday I'm, I'm dropping the price. I got the seller convinced to drop the price to 225. 375 to 225. Now the agent got the seller to do that price drop, probably kicking and screaming, but it was the agent telling the seller, look at where the market really is. It's not where you thought it was or where you think it is. It's here. I don't know that that seller ever would have come down had the agent not been telling that seller, you got to come down. You got to come down. How bad do you want to sell this? Let's go. And now here are the sellers coming down finally. Jerry, a truth in 2023, guys, and write this down. Real estate agents create price acceptance. That's it. Agents create price acceptance. They understand and they're the ones translating the market to the sellers. Now, if you really want to wholesale that deal, the Mm -hmm. best thing to do is say to the agent, tell tell the seller you're going to drop to 225 but don't drop it on the MLS That's what I told yet. Her. That's what I let told me her. contract exactly. it at 225. Yeah. Let it sit on the yeah. MLS at 375. And then now let me go to my cash buyers. Yep. You contract at two and a quarter. You're selling it, that thing all day at 250. Easy. So I told her, I said, do not do that price reduction on Monday. Let's, let's work. Let's work our offer first. See if we can get a deal done. If we don't, then go ahead and, but do not. Yeah. I told her, if you drop that price, you're going to kill it. You're going to kill, kill our deal. You're going to kill our deal. And, yeah. we're, and, and you're working with me and the seller, so you don't want to do that. Right, yeah, right. Totally. So you're, we're creating a situation. We're creating a perception of value. Yeah. Because again, remember, our buyers need to see perceived value. They have to see that this wholesaler did work that they couldn't have done themselves because they were busy doing their primary business. And you know what, Jamil? This, this is going to happen. And if you're listening to this right now, I get this all the time where sometimes the agent isn't, isn't, aligned with where the market really is. Meaning they're holding out on this high price. They don't want to present your offer because they're embarrassed or Mm -hmm. it's too low. Or they didn't give, they gave false expectations. They they overpitched maybe to the seller. And so what I tell that, what I tell that agent, as I say, listen, it's in your best interest to make my low offer. Even though you think they're not going to take it, it's in your best interest because it's going to help the seller reset their mindset. It plants a seed. Plants a seed. Maybe we don't get our deal done, but you will at least get a price reduction, which is going to help you sell it, which is good for you because you yep. want to get paid for yep. all the work you're doing. Right. And so I, when I tell that to agents, they're like, oh, that makes sense. I'll present your low offer Yep. because I could see how this is going to help me start bringing the price down to where it should be. Right. And I know you and I have both always been a great proponent of the dual representation yeah. strategy, right? The double dipper, guys. Yeah. This is where I'm incentivizing the real estate agent to represent me and the seller in the same deal. So I'm basically doubling their paycheck, but now they're going to have to go and work for it by selling my offer to the seller, right? And they will. This is the beautiful thing about it is that the agents are going to work right now. They are doing their part. Mm -hmm. 
And I don't believe in this this schism that needs to happen between real estate agents and wholesalers. I don't believe that one exists. Mm-hmm. I think that mo- all of my relationships in real estate have been with either other wholesalers or other real estate mm-hmm. investors or real estate agents. My agents feed me. Yeah. And I can tell you that this ho- this house was built on the backs of my relationships with agents. Yeah. And yeah. so it's it's really there's a huge opportunity for you wholesalers out there right now. Believe that and double down on your relationships, double down on your communication. And you're going to see that in the next 12 to 24 months, you will not only become wealthy, but you will create some of the best friendships that you will ever have in your life. Well, I think, you know, some of the most successful wholesalers I know, you know, you and Brent and and many others, they are so extremely successful because they are quick to adapt Right. So when the market, when one door closes, another one opens and your foot's in that new door instantly, like there's not a wait. It's what's the market doing? How do I adjust my business to now thrive? And now's that opportunity. Like I'm so excited for 2023 because I feel like it's an opportunity to kind of reinvent myself, double down, grab market share, rise above my competition and and be the best in the game while everyone else is, is kind of like, what do I do? What do I do? Or holding on to old strategies. Or sitting the sidelines even. As a reason Now's why the they call you flipping mastery, Jerry. <laughs> I'm not kidding, man. Like this is look, you get longevity in the business when you have longevity in mind and heart. Yeah. And 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 this is what he's talking about. Play the long game. Play the long game. Play don't long don't game. do this. I and I say this all the time is don't treat don't treat wholesale like your side like your side relationship, your side girl or your side guy. Don't treat wholesale like that. Yeah. Wholesale should be a real love for you in your life. Otherwise, don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it. Go pick something else. But if you truly love making deals, if you truly love building relationships, then fall in love with wholesale. And not only will you be much wealthier, but like we had said, your relationships will be richer. Your life will be great. And it'll teach you how to be nimble and adapt. 2023 is a great opportunity for all of that to happen for you. Love that. Guys, if you don't know Jamil, he's been on my channel several times. He's amazing. One of the best in the entire business, in the entire country is Jamil and his team. Be sure to check out his YouTube channel. He's putting out tons of videos. I love, I love your content. Uh, they're like, sh- a lot of them are like short three minute, two yeah, and a half, three minutes. Yeah, just a little quick. Really good tips. You, you can digest it super fast. It, I love your channel, Jamil. Thank so, you, bro. Guys, I'll put that link uh, in the description. You can, you can also just search YouTube for J- Jamil Damji. And, and do me a favor, be sure to follow him and start to learn from Jamil. He really is at the forefront right now of leading the industry. So if you wanna, if you wanna be like that one step ahead in 2023, be sure to follow Jamil and all the things he's doing with his business. Jamil, thanks again. Thank you for Love having you, man. Me. Love you back. This is awesome. And watch for more videos. Jamil and I are gonna try to do a few more videos here and uh, we'll, we'll release those here on the channel. So thanks again and we'll see you on the next video.